Another Cleveland Show episode, folks. This is Those Good Old Fashioned Values, the first and hopefully last Seth MacFarlane-themed <laughs> podcast on the internet. I am Spencer, a.k.a. The Lonely Photon, and joining me as always is Andy, a.k.a. X underscore Narco and on on Twitter. My name is not Cleveland Brown. And Ty, a.k.a. at Bobo underscore Circus on Twitter. This is the first one of these that I'm genuinely angry for. <laughs> oh. All right. <laughs> That's different mood. So, Cleveland Show... <laughs> Uh, season two, part one. We're doing two parts because we don't want to watch twenty episodes of the Cleveland Show a week. Yeah. Fuck you. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying something. This is not great, but I think I could have watched all of this in one season. I think this is better than season one. Better, even maybe even better than Family Guy season thirteen. Not enough to be actually good, but I I didn't have to force myself to watch this as much as I did <sighs> season one. I became like. I, I don't know. The killing fields are are they better than the Holocaust? Like how are we how are we judging this? Um I again, it's it's Yeah. I I guess the the difference is season 1 I'd give like if we if we're doing like numbers, I'd probably give like the on a whole like a 3 or 4. This is more like a 5 or a 6. Like it's fine, I guess. This is um, yeah, I all of this. I'm whatever. I'm going to take Andy's side and say this is a marginal improvement. It's not as bad as the first season, but it I I think I think it the added weight of the knowledge that I already went through a season of this and still have, you know, two and a half to go is, is just has affected me in a kind of way that, that starting the journey didn't. Uh, I want to say two things, I think to sort of defend tie of difference between this and more modern family guy stuff is one family guy has to justify its existence a lot more. Family Guy is still on the air because Family Guy was popular and is one of the most iconic animated shows of all time, for better or for worse. Uh, Cleveland Show, yeah, we know why this was canceled. And even if I like season two, like, I, I, I liked it more than season one, I still wouldn't recommend this to someone. I'd still be like, I mean, I guess you could skip past season one and watch this, but I still wouldn't say watch this. Like, it's, it's just... It switched from bad to kind of okay. This was such a joyless watching experience that I wrote down every time I laughed, or even like like just got, like a like a you know breathe out my nose like a laugh. Uh, there were I'll five of them. I, I, I will say this: I did not laugh. I laughed about as much as I did in season one, but I consistently chuckled more. Yeah, I I record. I did a chuckle record. There were five. I so. I want to record. Let uh tie. Um, what is it? Ty, so, Andy and I are both in the court that this is a marginal improvement over season one. Ty, I want you to go off uninterrupted why you thought this was so miserable to get us started. Well, this is, this is something that, I, I mean, there, this season of television does have a lot of unique flaws that I think make, makes it particularly difficult to watch that were also present in the first season to, you know, various degrees. But I mean, part, part of what makes it so tough to watch is something that we've talked about a lot, which is that it's just so, there's, there's such nothing. It's such a, it's such a manufactured, such a paint by numbers, you know, the plot is paint by numbers. Half the jokes are like, 
the sitcom jokes you heard in the 70s, but with a, like a cartoon, you know, varnish on them. But it, it's just, there's, there's so much empty space in here that somehow takes up the same amount of time as another season of television that, of like a show that, you know, is, is genuinely good. Like for the patron cast, mm-hmm. we're watching the Venture Brothers. And even the first season of the Venture Brothers isn't as good as some of the later seasons, but like, it, it's still, there's still like, I am so sick and tired of not being able to watch television shows that don't have a spark of inspiration in them. Like, I, I want to watch a TV show that you can tell the people making it wanted to make or like put joy into. And and the, the, this is such a this is such a bland saltine cracker of a television season. Except for all of the like half the jokes are just I- ironic, you know, little like wink at the cameras, like we know this is a bad joke too, which is fine, like if you're tweeting or whatever. But it's like you're making a television show that ostensibly millions of people are going to watch. Like, put some fucking effort into it. it it's no. just it's so existentially draining. So, Ty, <laughs> I think I think I noticed something in in your. It's not necessarily that like this season of TV is bad it's this is the thing where you snapped after watching yes. so many bad seasons in a row and that i get is, that that is yes and maybe not even so many bad seasons in a row just like maybe well maybe it because i liked last season of american dad but like season 13 the family guy was bad the first season of this was bad the first season of american like this is this is <laughs> whatever it, this, this is has inside, been a draining process yeah. Yeah. this is inside baseball but it's like I, I did not realize starting, like, jo- joining this podcast at the beginning, how how difficult it would be to deal with the fact that there is this much bad TV coming from these creators, you know? <laughs> that is... All right. I, d- I did not realize how much of my yeah. life would be dedicated to watching TV shows that aren't even, like, notably bad. Yeah, that's... That because yeah because I think me and Spencer would agree this show season is better but it doesn't fix yeah. any of the core problems with the show yeah. it's all it's, on the margin it's just shit. a bad sh- it's just it's not even like a bad show it's just like a not good show you know yeah, it's a not if good was, show yeah. that the rest better. of exactly and it's and it's not and it and it's not just that it's a not good show that the rest of the world has moved past on yes and, and you know what else like you know what else Gregory. really really gets me about this show sorry tip button. It's you can tell that the people making it think it's smarter than it is, and I hate yeah. being condescended to by a dumb person. It's well, we're, it's so we're also, we're also getting that from Family Guy a lot, so. right? But, yeah. but no, you but, know what else I mean, is a Family trend Guy, that I Family Guy at some points thinks it's smart, but a lot of the time I think like in its fundamental DNA, like it kind of understands that it's a stupid tawdry show. Like th- this, th- yeah. this is kind of like ironically winking, like like. Yeah, we're acting pretty tawdry, but, like, we're on the level with you. And it's like, shut up. You, this is your shit. Like, I, I am watching, the, I'm investing in the show not so you can tell me a bad joke and then wink at me. It's, it's, it's so fucking, it, it just skin crawling. It's, I hate, ugh. I, I, I wanted to add that it's not even like Alan Gregory, where Alan Gregory is, like, yeah. several degrees worse than this. But that's sort of a discovery for us. 
We were the first Ellen people Gregory to... had a thought process in it. And yeah. it was a stupid fucking like, ridiculous thought process, but at least like they were trying something. It's an evil show, but evil's more fun to watch and talk about yeah. than blame. And 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 I wanna I wanna go back to something Ty was talking about a few minutes ago, something I noticed about like the show patting its back. There are a lot of cutaways in this season. Maybe they don't do it in the back half of this season, but in the first eleven episodes too. Here's <sighs> the audience perspective on this. Or yes. here's like oh like God. you don't have fans, Cleveland show yeah. you don't and have fans did, like don't how have, like, dare you, you talk for them like the i'm sure that every single person watching this show is a more fully realized like person than the people who wrote it i, I mean I know sorry I we want to we still want to get mike henry but he is he has crossed a line on this one he has done he is he has sinned yeah. i i want to uh, and he must repent he has made my he has made my life measurably worse Andy, I wanted to say something, and um, I, I wrote down, this is the one thing I could really single out as an improvement. Because, I'll be honest, I think, Andy, we're having a weird psychological effect with this, where it's maybe not a better season of TV, but, like, you get kind of it's numb Stockholm to the pain. It's yeah, you just kind of get, yeah. Like, once you get past the shock yeah. of, like, what the fuck is happening, it becomes less actively painful. But, anyways... The one thing I will say that I think is an objective improvement of this season is that I want to uh, kick Rollo less. I want to... Yes! yes. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe you said that, but yeah, Rollo is, Rallo is so, is like the most improved thing in this show. Yeah, yeah. and he's still and not... And I, I, I was surprised that you also caught on to that. No, I, I am coming at that too. Rollo is, I mean, he's definitely still not amazing, and it's still kind of weird that, you know... Mike Henry's voice yeah. in this jive talking kid, but like they they genuinely like try take steps to make him yeah. into a character. Yeah, yeah. He has some good material this yeah. season and things I like. And I, I, uh, I, I wanted to say also, and this kind of I realized this while I was watching the Cleveland show. Spencer, can I tell you what I thought you were going to say? What I thought you were going to say this is still better than Aqua Teen season one. Um, um, no, Aqua Teen, no, uh, Aqua Teen I, season I one was more fun. Anyways, but. I, I want to say that the Cleveland show, I think what makes it uniquely frustrating is that it has an even worse structure than Family Guy. Yeah. It does. It is. It, it's th- it's like the suggestion of a plot. Yeah. It's Family Guy without the knowledge that there is no plot. Yeah. It's still as limp and lazy and weirdly plot heavy. Like every episode of this takes like four different turns and makes it feel longer than it is. But it doesn't have that, like, built-in kind of joyful it's laziness like... that Family Guy has. So, the, the thing I wanted to say, and, I'm, and, I, and I, I, I know I mentioned this um, last season. Or, I know I forget which part I mentioned it. It says, a big problem with this show is American Dad and Cleveland, sh- uh, or American Dad and Family Guy have, have the, something that this show does not, which is they have episodes where people leave Cohog and I forget what the Langley Falls. We go on and we have adventures. You are stuck in Virginia for the entire yeah. season of this show. This is the most ashamed I have ever been to be a Virginian. That includes all the Confederate monuments. Not only stuck in Virginia, but mostly stuck in one house in Virginia. Yeah, not even an interesting yeah. part of Virginia. Yeah, just Richmond suburbs. Great. Yeah. yeah. You know, I went to school in Boston to get away from that shit. And then you ended up hating Boston. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boston is worse than Richmond. Yeah, I'm sorry to all of the Red Sox fans listening, but your city sucks. Fuck Boston. Um, I like Boston, but if you're from Boston, fuck you. I got my heart broken by someone from Boston like three years ago. Everyone from Boston is either a gay college student or a cop that looks exactly like Peter Griffin. 
<laughs> and I don't know which is worse. Okay. Uh, other than that, we knew going in that there just wouldn't be a lot to talk about since yeah. after two episodes, we have thoroughly exhausted our creative hatred of the Cleveland show. And I, I wanted to add that one thing that I found was remarkable is that aside from Rollo being like not the worst thing in the world anymore, there aren't really that many changes. I think yeah. Roberta's a little worse. Yeah, Roberta gets nothing in this season. She gets like one episode and it's not even the like- The himbo character is in this less. Terry, yeah, who we actually liked and holds yeah. in it a yeah. lot more. Well, yeah, I was noticing that. Where is Terry this season? Like he doesn't show up at the bar stuff. Did they? Because we uh, need more of short him, guy. but not the uh, not the short dude. Yeah, like, Holt. What are you doing? They act, and they give Holt more. And it's not like I mean, Jason Sudeikis voices both of them, so it's not like the voice talent was missing or something. And it's not like one. I imagine one voice is particularly harder to do than the other. Yeah, and I can't see how it's harder to write plots about Terry than it is about like the short man in the polo. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. That. So there isn't a lot of like changes to what's happening. I, I love. I'm not learning these characters' names. Fuck you. I'm not learning these characters' names. I still really like uh, morbidly obese wife. Um, Kendra. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She gets good I like, stuff. And you know what? And this is something I brought up last time when you guys got mad at me, but she has an adventure series with Cleveland Jr. Oh, wait, no. I said with Rala last time. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I was going to I was well, gonna say I told now. you so. Well, the point is, is that she is one of the more enjoyable aspects. Again, yeah. she doesn't make me laugh a lot, but... A lot of great Seth MacFarlane characters are the ones that sort of have this, like, manic, unhinged side to them. Especially the female characters. And uh, she's got this very, like, feral aspect to her that works really well. Oh, uh, this is this is unrelated, but if you like manic, manic unhinged uh, Seth MacFarlane characters, I can't wait till you get to see later seasons, Francine. Yeah, I can't wait for that, too. So, I knew that we wouldn't have a lot uh, going into this, and I knew this was just going to be us struggling, gasping for air. Yeah. So I went and read a bunch of AV Club reviews of the Cleveland show while it was still on, and I wanted to see, like, how were people who are paid to write about TV reacting to this? That's a very good question. The first thing I noticed is that writing about the animation domination block on the AV Club has got to be one of the most depressing gigs ever. Yeah. Don't they do, like, all four at once or something? <laughs> Gee, I, I, yeah. I, I gotta say, I have no idea what that must be like. You have yeah. to, like it's, it's like living in another world, watching all of these bad animated shows oh, week to oh, week. Oh, you have to watch four episodes of TV a week. How sad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There is something depressing, because we're at least a podcast, and we can just get depressed and yell. Like, you're at a serious paying gig, you have to... That is true. You have to do, like, a rigorous analysis of season 27 Simpsons or whatever. I don't know. Ty, imagine having to do this show in formal dress wear. That would be hell. You, you don't have to dress up to write a blog. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think, like, in... I, 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 I are you know broadcasting you don't, but I'm thinking from the of, 1950s? Like, I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, professional work environment. Yeah. Like... You know. I mean, frankly, the, and this is whatever, I am not a professional TV reviewer, but if I could watch four episodes of TV a week and just write, like, a page column about it, I would vastly prefer that to this. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we need a vacation. I don't, ca I don't care if I have to wear a three-piece suit, like... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, so, I, I was going to say that uh, Cleveland Jr. seems to be the most liked character in the reviews. Yeah. Because he's very uh, sweet. I guess I can see that. I mean, he's we, fine. We've, and we've enjoyed him in the past, even if he's not maybe like our favorite. But yeah, he's good. He's a good character and I love Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah. Other than that, 
they echo the same complaints that we have, that the show doesn't really justify its own existence. Like, I remember the review of the pilot is just like, what is the point? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That really hits yeah. the fucking nail on the head right there. Yeah. The, there's a lot of complaints about, like, it didn't make me laugh that much. Which, Man, again, are, we, are we treading in the steps of giants? Like, what the fuck? I, I remember that, um, you know, I've been watching, I've been getting a jump start on Family Guy uh, talking about this the next season. And I will say that Family Guy's next season so far is a little better than the last one, but... Family Guy at least That's has, something. like, the blessed relief of, like, occasionally there'll be, like, a really good joke that will kind of jolt you yeah. out of your boredom. Yeah. And not just that, but also, like, Family Guy doesn't really have to do that much to justify its own existence. Yeah. Everyone knows why Family Guy exists. Right. And speaking of that kind of difference between the two, you know what really pissed me off about this season? The fact that they have, like, one cutaway per episode. It's, like, either... And this is something we talked about in the beginning, but either yeah. commit to the cutaways, like, do what Family Guy does where it's an accepted part of your structure, or just don't do them, because they're not funny. Yeah. Like, I, g- I, give us I also something. something... Yeah. You know what's something else they do sporadically that I don't think we talked about? What? Sometimes they do cold opens, but sometimes they're like, here's the intro. To be fair, Family Guy did that too. Yeah, but I feel like Family Guy dropped that a lot quicker. Whereas this, it's like, even by now, I feel like we didn't really get Family Guy cold opens. Like, by like season nine or whatever. Like, it just, and again, I like the cold opens, so I kind of wish they'd do them more, but it's... It's, it's, just, it's just like the the thing about commit. this the the thing about this that that really sticks in my craw is that this show can't stop looking at other shows' notes. You know, yeah. It's it. Whenever you think it's going to get to be its own thing, they bring back Herbert, or they bring back Bruce, or they do a cutaway that feels like a Family Guy cutaway, or or they reference American Dad, or they bring back Peter, and it's they. It, it's always. It's never. For how insanely self-confident this show feels, it's so strange that it never feels like it is allowed to have its own thing separate of the other McFarlane shows. Because you know what I think this is? And and I know we this is much more of a Mike Henry thing than a Seth MacFarlane thing, so it, it, it might not be super applicable, but I think you can you can tell from from this season is this has some of that same energy of just like Seth MacFarlane being like, you know what? Family Guy might not be great, but you know what's bad? Everything we're competing against on TV. We are so much better than our competition. This is the how fucking dare Bob's Burgers make a joke about it. It's um, energy. (laughs) Which is amazing because Bob Burgers is way more fun than the show. I remember that in the reviews, they pointed out how, like, in the Cleveland show, it's like, yeah, there's some jokes that are fine, but, like, you know, this is part of a massive animation domination block that's, you know, it's got three Seth MacFarlane adjacent shows. <laughs> and, you know, even if there's a good joke here, like, why am I watching this instead of Family Guy, which will have the same joke, but better? And, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the core yeah. issue. And we still have more seasons like, to answer this, that very same question. This show is, like... Like, to put, to put it, to kind of go, you know, online, like, when I think most of our viewers are, like, online people, it's like, this show is me, and the other show is, and, like, Family Guy is Spencer. <laughs> Oof. I, the very I, I, rare I, I joke also... where you're mean to yourself instead of me. I'm mean to myself all the time. I've, I've been taking Prozac <laughs> since I was 14. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, I, 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 is it just me or does this episode feel like a, ther- a group therapy session honestly yeah you know what we need that because okay. 
I, yeah. I don't think we've we been do. airing this stuff. And uh, frankly, we need to fill time anyway. So I'm glad that we're getting everything out there. Yeah. I, it's good to let our audience have the yeah. peek behind the, the curtain. The last thing on. I want to say that the reviews pointed out is, and I think this is actually a really sharp insight, is that Cleveland is probably the worst character on Family Guy to get a spinoff because he is too nice. Yeah. That is a reoccurring thing of, like, Donna looking at Cleveland and go, why are you being a cuck about this? Yeah. Like, why are you, but, like, man up, Cleveland Brown. But it's not even, and it's it, just, it ha- but it also has the same problem that Family Guy has, like, starting around the same time where it's that sometimes he's nice and sometimes he's an asshole, like, when he tries to drown Rollo. Like, like it does yeah. not know who Cleveland is. And also, it's it's also worth going, you know, now that we've, we've seen season 13, we, you know, we're definitely way more familiar and have, like, a fresh image of what they do with Cleveland after they bring him back, that is not the same character that is Cleveland Brown in the show. Right. Like, he is way more, he's way more like Peter. Because yeah. that's, that's all Because that's what you to need to do to anchor McFarlane. Just make him yeah. a chaos monster. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to say also that what drew me to Family Guy in the first place, like what made me kind of obsessed with the show and ultimately start this podcast, was the fact that it is an extremely mean-spirited, extremely feral, extremely ugly show. It, like, it shouldn't be on TV, you know? TV cartoons are supposed to be nice to some extent, and this show hates you, it hates its <laughs> characters, it hates everything. And that's not here. That sort of perverse fascination and the kind of hatred it has in its blood is gone. So it's just like a hollow nothing of a show. And I think if you made a show about Quagmire or Joe, it might even be worse, but it would be more interesting to talk about. I don't know. God. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I think you're right. Yeah, like what they say at the end of season one. Yeah, Quagmire can't have a spinoff because he's a rapist. But I'm going to say it, I would rather have a spinoff about Quagmire than a spinoff about Cleveland, because at least that would be something. I would rather have a Herbert spinoff than a Cleveland uh, spinoff at I, this point. Ugh, no, this is, and this is something that this season really has done for me. Is it, this The season of this TV show that we just watched has really taken the shine off Herbert for me. Oh. <laughs> God damn it, Cleveland Show, you made Family Guy worse. Congratulations. Yeah. Like, every time they, they have Herbert show up for, like, a one-off joke, where, where not even in the way that Family Guy does it, where sometimes it's kind of clever, but the joke is literally just, oh, he, he likes being around kids. It's like, yeah. I, I, I thought I was tired of this when Family Guy did it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I am just fully over Herbert. Family Guy does more interesting stuff with it. Yeah, they make him fussy, and they make yeah. him, like, you know... Like God, I we have the... not we have not been able to talk about fussy characters in so long. You know what I think? I, th- I think is the thing that even American Dad does has way more of that isn't in Cleveland show. Joke? This show needs to go back to the roots. Where are the theater kids writing this? Like, yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Family Guy has a theater kid writing crew. They love musicals and shit. This is just a r- show written yeah, by dumb guys. Yeah, immaculate men who who love drama and gossip, and you can't get that here. Yeah, that. That's the difference between, and whatever, not to be, like, too nerd showing hair at the earth, but it's like, this was a show written by baseball fans and not theater kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a show written by Virginians instead of, you know, the, Northeasterners, which I love yeah. Virginia, is, but we're not a writer's state. This is a show <laughs> written by the kind of people who would have been Family Guy's target audience yes. when it first started airing. Yes, I 100% agree. Oh my god, Andy, you hit the hit nail on the head. This is like Family Guy fans being like, oh, we can write an episode of this show and not being clever or smart. And that explains a lot of why they have cuts to the audience. Yeah. Because they see themselves in the audience because they are the audience. We're really cracking this thing open. You know what? Yeah, no, I think think we're on to something here. With that, do you want to cut to the second half? Yes. Cool. Uh, We'll see you in the second half, everyone. Bye-bye for a second.
Not long ago, I was lower than low hand. No plan, a lost man. Raising my little girl in a Cadillac Rohan. My quest success, but my life was a mess. Poor Kenny West, no death. Ain't he depressed? Not dressed to impress. Matter of fact, more stress. Then John Mayer waiting on his day test. Then I met a man who taught me how to live large. Took me out of my car. Now I'm in this garage. Turns out all I needed was like Mr. Miyagi with a lot less Asian. My game was Tim and now I'm so much bolder. Got a chubby brown angel on my shoulders. All right, folks, we're back. All right. So, uh, oh, wait, no, Ty, we're starting with Ty's episode, so you go yes. first, Ty. So, what's up, everyone? Uh, we are talking about episode eight, Murray Christmas, uh, where basically the plot of it is <laughs> Rallo gets paired up with a cranky Jewish man in a retirement home uh, to do, like, community service for Christmas, which is weird because he's, like, five, but... Uh, they don't get along at first because he's anti-Semitic and the old man is really racist in a way that you don't think you'd be towards a kid. Like, even mm. even I think the hardest racist would probably, like, just not talk to a kid. It's kind of insane, like, how, how often he, your, you people's Rollo. Uh, but they eventually start getting in common because they're both kind of, you know, rude and they're both kind of, you know, uh, stubborn and, and uh, eventually... Rallo helps Murray sneak out of the retirement home because he's kind of wasting away in there. But uh, the nurse comes and says that he needs to be in the retirement home to live because he has a lung problem. So uh, he goes back to the retirement home. Then Rallo has a change of heart because he's like, oh, you know, he would rather die out here than live in there, you know, because it's such a it's such a state. That, that's yeah. not how I, I interpret. I, I assume they were just doing like a Christmas at their house as like a one night, well, like, you know. Some... But and then what happens is he sneaks out everyone at the retirement oh. home and has a Christmas at their house, which is. Yeah. Also, there's a bad uh, there's a bad B plot where Cleveland fights oh. his dad. Yeah. Cleveland fights his dad and his dad has a heart attack. I, I'm going to get to this later. But like the show, the show is very pro abuse. It is very. Yeah. Pro. <laughs> yeah. I re- abuse. I wrote in my notes, I, I wrote, Freight Train is, like, literally physically abusing Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I really like that A-plot. I think that A-plot's, like, yeah. really, well, like, it's it's the, the best thing this season that we've watched, I'd say. Yeah. Well, the reason, yeah, the reason I picked it is because this is something that we brought up in the first half, but Rallo has really improved this season, and I, I think part of that is that he's not just, like, a walking sitcom trope or he's not like a walking trope anymore like they're actually trying to invest some character into him and i think like giving him like a relationship with an adult who like he has to kind of work through that relationship and you know figure out what's whatever and learn about life like it's kind of a cliche but it but it's also it's something that feels real for rollo in a way that nothing before really has you know yeah no he's he works a lot in this episode and i really like and i really like the old like i forget his name because but I, I like it's, him. He's it's in that episode title. Mer, right. Uh, um, I, I will say, I, I also kind of connected to this episode because I've, uh, you know, as a, as, as a kid, I also spent a lot of time with my grandparents in nursing homes and, and that wasn't like a super great experience to them. So I definitely understand like where he's coming from, why he's fucking miserable. Because like, again, you know, in America, when you're old, you put them in a home. Yeah. That's kind of fucked up. 
That's, that's kind of really fucked up. It is fucked up, because nobody has whatever social fabric is necessary to actually take care of people, you yeah. know, who, who aren't their immediate family. And also, they don't have the free time or the resources. Like, So, like, what else are you going to yeah. do besides just stick them somewhere where they won't die? Which is awful. Also, the, this season kind of covers, also in this episode, going back to the, the abuse subplot for a second. Like, yeah. I just remember... Donna also abuses Cleveland a lot this season in general, but in particular this episode. Like, yeah. there's a lot of Donna hitting Cleveland. Yeah, and it's weird. I mean... I think because the show isn't as mean, it gets a lot harder to stomach. But it doesn't yeah. feel like... Because, like, Lois hits Peter a lot, but it doesn't work as much well, there. Well, because it... Family Guy's more cartoony. It's less... Yeah. It's yeah. more divorced from reality. Yeah, this is this is the most grounded McFarlane show. Uh, yeah. American Dad at the beginning, kind of, but I, I think, like, through its whole run Yeah, time, maybe yeah. early American Dad, yeah. but definitely by the point of, like, would next season, when we cover season four, and especially season five, it is, like, not anymore. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's, it wants to have its cake and eat, eat it, too. Like, it wants to be a more realistic, you know, maybe maybe not fully realistic, but more, like, more grounded show than Family Guy or American Dad, but it also wants to be able to tell the same types of jokes, and it's like, you have to realize that, like, your setting and, like, your tone inherently affects, like, how your jokes come across. Which you know, they don't, because they're lazy. Yeah, We're complaining about this season, and, and definitely should, because it's, it's, you know, as fine as I think it is, it's, it's still pretty mediocre. This episode is not that bad. Like, outside of the B-plot, the main plot of this episode does actually kind of work. Yeah. I, I, I just, I like that Rollo, yeah, gets to be a person. You know, and which is something that he was not afforded in the first season. Spencer, do you have anything you want to say about this episode? Um, uh, it's no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have it. Like again, it's vaguely pro abuse. Um, uh, there was a Family Guy episode that I watched last night about Peter and his sister that kind of hits the same beats, and the yeah. Family Guy episode with the sister is a lot smarter. Um, it's kind of weird to say that, but it's it's. <laughs> It's genuinely better. I mean, also, Kate McKinnon, I think, plays the sister, and she, whatever, you hate SNL, Kate McKinnon's a very funny performer. It also helps that that episode ends on a really mean-spirited note that's fitting, <laughs> uh, and this one can't yeah. do that. Yeah, no, it's it's another episode of The Cleveland Show, folks. Do we want to move on to Beer Walk? <laughs> yeah, let's sure. hit Beer Walk. It, uh, better than usual, though. Better than usual. Beer Walk is, um, what is it? Uh, Cleveland, um... Fuck, I, I hate recapping. All right, so Cleveland is incredibly lazy as Donna does all of the housework. Yeah. I gotta say that opening montage, I, I, I feel that. Yeah, I feel I, that. I, I, this season is not particularly clever, but it does have some funny aspects that I thought worked, so that's why I picked it. Basically, Cleveland is like, okay, we're gonna do a beer walk where we, we if you give us a dollar for every drink uh, we, we do, and then we'll donate that to Donna's charity. Not much Because she's complaining about how much work she does, and she does charity. By the way, this episode has, like, audience members. Well, they don't walk, but they, they I don't know why they call it a beer I'm walk. Just yeah, saying, that's what they call walking. it. Um, not walking. They're not walking a lot. Not much. Um, but then, uh. No, they're pretty much um, staying in their seats. Also, the, the Griffin. Yeah. Instead of walking. Do you want to do the Fox Ops? No, I'm just saying, you know, they're walking. They're not really, you know, they're not walking at all. It's kind of, it's kind of a seated activity. Do you want to do the, do you want to do the Fox Ops? No, go ahead. Okay, so, um. Oh, uh, also. They they do. No, sorry, this is not a joke, actually. We can't forget to mention that, uh, 
the rest of the Family Guy crew comes over. Yes, yeah. I was just about to mention okay, that. Cool. Like, uh, anyway, uh, Cleveland, while drunk, uh, accidentally falls on Donna, and she is uh, injured and unable to, like, walk and stuff. Uh, so she makes Cleveland essentially act as, like, do all the housework and stuff and raise all the chi- the kids. But then it turns out that Donna was faking it. Uh, so she doesn't, like, you know, so she can teach Cleveland how hard it was. But then Cleveland actually turns out to be better than her at, at it. Which, uh... Which then she gets she gets mad at because she's the woman and her place is to run the house. Because but then naturally, it, but then she it, was born to it. But then it turns out that that was a ruse by Cleveland yeah. to get Donna back into her. That, Which is I, it's so insane. Role. That, that... I, I... Yeah. I, I liked this episode a little bit because it reminded me of one of my favorite Simpsons season 7 episodes, Hover the Smithers, of we're going... This character... Like, tricks another character into being more competent, but that ends up working bad for them. I, I, I don't know. I, I liked the, the, the sort of machinations of the plot of, oh, they're both manipulating each other. Right. In ways you did not, I did not call. That's, yeah. that's alright. That's, I, all. yeah, it I. It surprised me. I'll give it that. No, I, I like that for sure. It just rubbed me weird that, like, the whole, the thesis of the whole plot is that Donna, as a woman, is like, like, her birthright is to be the homemaker, and that, Cleveland had to mastermind her into realize it's just, it rubs yeah. me so weird because you know? Cleveland's because Cleveland's friends in this episode are really misogynistic yeah. I feel like like more so and than it's usual in a weird sort yeah. of way it's yeah Wait, literally Tim like comes to their door and like looks at uh Robert or looks at Donna's like hey I'm a bear I could kill you like it's like what the <laughs> yeah, fuck you're the sixty weird. yeah also also like. I don't think the Griffins are used well. No. I think no, they are used incredibly not. poorly. No. no, I was like, I was happy when they turned up. I was like, yay! And then, and then it's Cleveland show writing. So I was like, I literally, <laughs> I, I, I started to write my notes. The, the scene where Peter was, like, trying to pick up the keys, I started to write my notes, like, you know, Peter, even, you know, in a, in just a minute of screen time is funnier than, than Cleveland. And then I realized, like, oh, wait, no, the Cleveland show is writing that. So he's just like, buy dicks. And I just crossed it out. It's like, no, no one gets off good here. Yeah. But by, by the way, I just, I want to, I want to, I want to say, um, it is weird that they specify that Donna's charity is, uh... Is, is about giving, like, kids wheelchairs and crutches and stuff like that. And they do not do anything with Joe in that regard. It's, it's yeah. I understand why, but why make it that? And if you're also going to bring Joe into this episode, the most iconic disabled character in any Seth MacFarlane project, and not do anything with I that? am actually I... the most iconic disabled character in any Seth MacFarlane project. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Any- I guess it is. Um, All right. Yeah. Also, there's there's a bit where Rallo goes a around. Blonde gay man in a television show. I am there. <laughs> My disability also, is there- IBS. Also, there's a there's a bit <laughs> where uh, being fucking gay. There's a bit where Rallo goes around terrorizing people. Um, this season, like he just he just puts on sc- scary masks and, and scares people. Uh, that the the one with uh, where he he scares Roberta and Federline. I like that joke. It got a chuckle. There there are two. I got multiple yeah. chuckles out of this episode, which is <laughs> that's that's the main reason why I want to cover it because it's I got laughs. Okay, <laughs> well you know what, good reason as any. But yeah, this episode is kind of also problematic and misogynistic in a weird way. But yeah, uh, and I like the ending where like. <laughs> she's cleaning the dishes. She's like, "Wait a minute." Yeah. 
What Wait the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's clever. That's right. funny. Next one. All right. Spencer. On to the next one. Uh, how do you solve a problem like Roberta? Um, uh, how do you solve a problem like Roberta? Uh, Cleveland wins spa tickets. Um, uh, Rollo thinks that he's invisible. Um, because um, David Lynch. David yeah, is a wizard. Who, by the way, Lynch does not get enough play this season. Yeah, David Lynch is consistently my favorite part of this show because I love and again, his voice. I, I don't think we mentioned this on Mike. I think we mentioned this on some. Why didn't they let Lynch direct an episode? You have one of the greatest TV directors of all time, apparently. I haven't seen any of Lynch's stuff, by the way. Um, But you, you have him, and you don't use him to let him... Jo- <sighs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that does not make any... I mean... I don't know. Maybe he was just already a hard enough get that he didn't want to be like, hey, do you want to write an episode? I guess that's fair. He's, he's probably busy. But, like, I don't know. I, I would like to see a Cleveland show, a David Lynch written episode. I think that would be kind yeah. of amusing. But I also, anyways. I can imagine, yeah, his charity only goes so far. Uh, which I yeah. get it, Mr. Lynch. You have to write your yeah, TV no. shows about aliens or whatever. Anyways. Or ghosts but, or whatever uh, you write shows about. So, basically, Roberta and Donna are fighting, and Cleveland's like, you're a bad parent to Roberta. So, uh, like, Cleveland, <laughs> Cleveland's, uh, Roberta's like, all right, well, you try parenting this woman. And then, uh, fucking Donna She dips She goes to the spa with, the spa with Kendra, yeah. Kendra. I, the only, one of the only good bits of this episode comes from the fact that they get kicked out of the spa because Kendra takes a shit in the hot tub. <laughs> I, I love that line of don't tell anybody like it's very it's very cute yeah yeah like you feel for her yeah this is this is cheesy i i the glee joke kind of got me why can't roberta be as lovable as these kids on glee journey and and and, and beyonce and and boys to men girls in football but singing broadway mark jacobs jacket ah! boo I, I, I didn't like it, but then I learned that they actually voiced all of their characters, and then I was like... I didn't okay, even this. realize that. I just, like, I'm like, whatever. This is cleverer than you normally do. Like, yeah. kudos. Anyways, um, yeah, no, that's uh, something I was going to mention is that, like, uh, the main Glee cast does a brief appearance in this episode, yeah. and they make fun of themselves, which I... I I guess it's something. Which is, this is, like, when it was just starting, right? Like, didn't it start around yeah. 2008, 2009? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, like, two, it's so like maybe, season two or season three, yeah. I believe. Anyways, uh, Cleveland's like, all right, I'll let you throw a party. And then no one shows up. He goes to bed, but then Roberta has an actual party. And she leaves with her new boyfriend. And I forgot to the mention... The 24-year-old Puerto Rican. Yeah. 26. No, he's, yeah. I thought he said 24. I don't know. No, I, I, I remember Puerto 26, Rican guy. Okay, well, this is going to be the next 20 minutes. So let's buckle in. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to do an age gap discussion yeah. for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, no, I, I do want to say, like, okay... The episode does it as a joke, but it is really weird that you don't, like, do a thing of, what the fuck, why is the 15-year-old dating the 26-year-old? Also, I thought she was, like, 17. Yeah. Because doesn't she, she, like, visit colleges later this season or something? But they mention in the the Cleveland TV show, I play 15. Like, they call her 15. No, but but I mean, like, literally the character I thought was... 
Like, that it's, was whatever, like a meta joke. I thought the character, like, she's visiting colleges and shit. Like, the show I also she was, gets like, really I, I guess so. I, I guess you're probably they, right, they, but I just remember from the clean. They get really episode. horny for Roberta. Like, they have, like... But yeah, again, this 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 t- mid-twenties man, like, you know, Twitter might exaggerate about certain age gaps a lot, but this one's actually problematic, yeah. and the episode is not really... Tri- like, the episode treats it a problematic part is... He's an unstable guy, not yeah. he is a twenty mid-twenties dude dating a teenager. Um, basically, uh, how this zany relationship goes is that uh, they drive away and run away from Cleveland, and Cleveland has to go get her, and Roberta and Diego start doing this, like, driver, like, doing, like, this street race, basically, while he's drunk driving. And anyways, uh, there's a wacky car chase. Fetterline and Cleveland team up. Um, they steal. They steal the high bear sons uh, so, car. Uh, yeah. I have two things to say about this. Actually, one is I actually like Cleveland and Fetterline's relationship yeah. in this episode. I like them playing off each other. They're 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 a good duo. Yeah, I think. Not, yeah, you know for, what? For this show, nothing against it. Yeah. The 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 other thing is I completely fucking forgot that Tim had a son. Like completely, I was like, "Wait, was he in the first? Oh, I guess yeah. he was in the first season." Well, because huh. they only mentioned him like twice in the first season. Yeah, it's it's, it's so it's like, oh, but okay. sorry, I'm, I this is something that we should have talked about in the in the first half. But did you notice? Like, it feels like they're trying to push side characters on us now. Like, like the the announcers yeah. at the baseball game or Dwayne Megan, who comes up like five times in the season, and none of it's funny. I'm Dwayne Megan. <laughs> I'm Dwayne Megan. I'm Dwayne Megan, the news. Yeah, I can see that. Like, uh, if uh, uh, we we complained about it not really having side care, or like a, a, a wide roster of side characters in the first season. I think this is like, they're literally trying to like make side characters a thing, which is frustrating. Yeah. Um, Including, yeah, Dwayne Megan and them and Tim Son and yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We get this wacky ending, and then they they go back home. They clean up the mess. Federline and uh, what is it? Roberta are reunited. You know, Cleveland's like raising a teenage boy is hard. Reading, raising a teenage girl is impossible. And Rallo realizes that he's not invisible. And one of the few good jokes this episode is when Rallo realizes that he's not invisible, and then um because he's running around naked, and then he asks Cleveland, "Why didn't you tell me?" And then Cleveland says, "Because I don't care." Uh, <laughs> no, because I have bigger problems to deal with. Yeah. 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 It's, I, uh, frankly, I like this episode just because, like, it's the one time besides Cleveland Live where we get any Roberta, which is yeah. sad because she was yeah. one of our favorite parts of the first season. Yeah. She was the best Brown. Yeah, they, they let her be, like, an authentic teenage girl rather than just Meg. They're, yeah. they're making better Meg use out of season. Meg. She's just kind of nothing this season. Yeah, by now well, they're yeah, making they, better they use out of Meg. Yeah, because they give Meg plots. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they saved all of her the the Roberta stuff for the back half. Maybe, Maybe. We're gonna be watching. hope so. Anything else to say about this episode? No. Um. Again, I chose it because it does feel like vaguely pro abuse. Like uh, I don't know, just being really awful to your teenage daughter and your teenage Roberta acts in a way that's like very weirdly worse than usual. Like it feels almost out of character how awful she is this episode. It's just, I don't know, the, this whole show just, like, no one stopped and thought for a second. It's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't have the plot of the episode be abuse is okay sometimes. <laughs> like, yeah. I know we all there rag are, on Seashell Seahorse Party, but the only difference between that episode and, like, 
half of the Cleveland Show episodes is that that just like makes the subtext like the text. Well, no, you know what? You know what the other difference is? What you you like the Griffins as characters, so when it makes the the ending of the episode is it's good that they're awful people. Is like what the fuck? Where did this episode come from? Whereas this, it's like I don't care about you. you this town could get wiped off the fucking map with a nuke, and I do not care. And yeah. Also, um, not not to legislate it too much, but also part of it is because that that makes it like very clear that that is like the emotional core of like or they're trying to make like a big heartfelt point with that and this is just kind of like whatever like stock sitcom yeah, the, emotionality the, see horse yeah. seashell party has way more effort put into it yeah. than any episode of the cleveland show i've seen so far and it fails just as hard so yeah um that's gonna do it for the episode summaries do we want to talk about cleveland live sure why let's, not uh, let's talk about it it feels my thing about cleveland live is that it is surprising how quickly this show jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah! I think this was the first episode of the section season production-wise, so they that's, were immediately That's what just... it felt like. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, it felt like it too, because it, it really does... This is something that, like, should have started the season. I don't know why they put the other episode first. Maybe, maybe like, a timing thing Obama? regarding Kanye? I don't know. Or Obama? I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah. By the way, we're not talking about that episode... Have you heard a worse Obama impression than the one in that episode? No. Maybe this episode being so bad is why that one episode where like uh, where they reveal Obama and Family Guy and he's like a rock star is why they do that because they can't get a good Obama impersonator. I also want to say that uh, Kanye West, you know, I I in theory I like him being on the show. I talk they yeah. talked a lot about how they were hoping that he'd be like their Kelsey Grammer, where he could just be a recurring guest. They said he was very easy and fun to work with, but he's not a good voice actor. Not and really. Also, Sideshow, and also Sideshow Bob is like a great character. Kenny West is just boring. It's, yeah. like, Kenny West is just what if Kanye West was a high schooler? Yeah. yeah. I, there is no way that fucking Actually not even that, because Kanye Kenny didn't West Kanye grow great... up like upper, upper middle class? So it's not even that. <laughs> there is no way that Kenny West could, cre- as a character, could create an episode a tenth as good as Cape Fear. Again, no, obviously no not. One but also, this isn't a show that is a tenth as good as The Simpsons. Like, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. Cleveland Show season, or it's Cleveland Live. Um, yeah. The basic premise of this is that it's a Cleveland Show episode broadcasted live. Yeah, which is already kind of like, okay, we get it. But Family like, Guy do- does this later. I don't think we've gotten to that episode yet. I think it does it better there. Um, I mean, probably. I haven't even seen it. I, if I, I remember it, yeah. If I remember it, I would agree that they do it better. Mostly because this is like, I don't have like a super deep critique of it, but all of like the live jokes feel like, besides maybe the like the running thing of Roberta being like drunk and like about her, her storyline being cut, like ev- all, all of the jokes about like it being live feel like so shit. It just feels like they had half an episode and needed to pad it out with like a gimmick, you know? They just feel shallow. Yeah, and, and also just like, I don't like Robert as a character. I, I, no. I don't like a lot, but he is especially, like, he's not even a good foil for Cleveland. He's and just also, a bully. Like, the- he's just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, we, we complained about how weird it was that Tim was later this season was like, oh, man, I could just murder you, Donna. Yeah. Where he's so weak-willed here. It's like, wait, come get your characterization consistent. Come on, man. Again, I mean, Ariana, I like Ariana since Ariana Huffington yeah. has such a weird voice. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, and to be fair to the showrunners, I think that Tim is kind of like, 
I, I don't think, I think he is more consistent than a lot of the characters on the show, just because, like, he's that just kind true. of, like, a weird Christian nerd, and th- that manifests how it manifests, but yeah, it's... I, f- I forget which episode, I think it was this episode, I like the joke where, like, Cleveland prays to Jesus, and he's like, don't wrap me out, man. Yes. It's a cute little joke. I mean, really, this show is just interesting in that, like, it's, they're taking a big swing, it's a big conceit episode, but it, it just feels, I don't know, it, it feels so... It just, everything on the show feels so lazy. I respect them for experimenting, but it doesn't feel like they experimented enough. It Well, because it doesn't, it feels less like an experiment and more like a gimmick, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's and there's there's a big difference between the two. And I, I, I really, I, I cannot see an instance in this show, like, where I would look at it and say, this is an experiment, not a gimmick. Like, the whole thing feels just so... I don't want to say safe, but, like, so, so unwilling to break the mold of, like, adult animation that it's, like, who gives a shit? Like, even if you're doing, even if you're totally, you know, shaking the foundations, it's, like, who gives a shit? This would, episode would be better if they got, like, live-action actors to do it. That and... would be, a, that would be great. I would love yeah. that. Dude, yeah. you know what's funny? There is an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force where they do something like that, and it is, it is great. The, <laughs> Although... The live act. You know what's funny? They get, they Mike, get, a guy Hen- no, they get Mike Henry. Mike they Henry in blackface. Not even blackface, oh. just like a white guy just doing Cleveland voice and just everyone pretends he's black. That would actually yes. be pretty funny. And then, and then he gets on his knees for Rollo. That could be funny. Yeah. He puts on like a fake Afro wig. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that uh, one of the AV Club reviews I read was of this episode and he gave it an F, uh, Rowan Kaiser. <laughs> He just, yeah. he said, his opening line is, oh dear lord, okay, I'm not entirely certain why the show exists. I can't imagine who was asking for Cleveland <laughs> to get a spinoff. And then um, he said, he said, he ended it by saying, but you know what? It's my second official TV club gig and I'm whipping out the grade F because I can. I don't know if I'd give this episode an F, but I wouldn't give it a very high rating. Yeah. I would give it a D, maybe a D plus. I'd give this a D plus. I honestly I didn't hate this episode just because the novelty was enough for me to be like, this is something different. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, Spencer's favorite episode of Family Guy is the one where they dangle keys over him. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> my, my favorite my favorite episode of Family Guy is the one where they let me turn lights on and off uh, for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my Spencer... autistic hobbies as a kid. <laughs> Spencer watches American Dad, and when they go to commercial, he thinks that the characters don't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of all the like, you know, the gags where something gets repeated a lot because it reminds me of when I was a kid and I would open and shut doors for like hours. <laughs> Why at a time. I did that on Oh my too. god. Yeah. You know yeah. what though? I also I, I I love repetitive shit. So you know what? All it's a it's a trio yeah. activity. My my pro- my big problem with the Cleveland show is that there aren't enough interesting fabrics and textures I can touch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. imagine if imagine if you open up your Cleveland show like DVD and it comes with a free weighted blanket to watch the show in. <laughs> this is, so this is well, back when I was a kid, and actually kind of still like on on the textures thing. Every time I t- like every time I touched a seatbelt, I would imag- I would get like the feeling in my teeth of like I, like a weird tingle, and I'm like, is that is that just like an autism? Like I don't know yeah. what. Yeah. yeah, when you're younger, textures yeah. are just, like, I remember my parents yeah. had this, like, fleece blanket that I just, like, could not touch. It was just so awful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've been there before. No, I get you. <laughs> when, I, when I was a kid, uh, my favorite place in the world to go to was Lowe's, the, the hardware store. 
because really? they had like doorbells, they had light switches, oh, I... they had toilets that you could like flush. They had all of these like free samples of color palettes that you could take. They had plants and they had an outdoor plant section. Yeah, all the all the it's like a huge open space. So yeah. it's, it, it, no, it's a cool place. I don't fu- I don't fucking care. Is- We're talking about autistic stories now. This you do you, if you're listening to this, do you fucking care about the Cleveland show? No, we're talking about having autism as kids. <laughs> well, obviously. Back when not, I was a kid, I used to organize view- shelves in Target for fun. Obviously not. Uh, yeah. you don't care because we've seen the views you count for these Cleveland show episodes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah at least to a normal extent of like our listenership, yeah, which frankly, thank you. Yes, if you watch this, thank you. We we need all the support we can yeah no th- this was a yeah so i think that's gonna wrap up this uh episode of the three yeah. of us have autism yeah. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad we got to let some stuff out but i don't really have any final thoughts on this season yeah. folks really. uh next week we realized as we were recording this that we needed a vacation so we're going to talk about our first non-seth mcfarlane related thing live action thing live action thing for a main yeah. series episode like we've done patron cast but yeah we done t- we did ted yeah but this is the first non patrons are going to get to listen to and no offense we hope we hope you enjoy it but this is not for you this is for us this is for us yeah it is for you us like it is for us but you get the benefit look i'm not saying we're gonna give you a bad episode i'm just saying this is because we don't want to watch more seth we need a break (laughs) yeah just a week off we just need a week off yeah uh anyway subscribe to our patreon (laughs) yeah subscribe to our patreon Um, subscribe to our patreon follow us on twitter for sure. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, which some of you fuckers are, give us five stars and write us a good review. Uh, send send our podcast to your friends. And um, I don't know, man. Uh, one of yeah. Ty's old terrorism <laughs> gags. Oh, and uh, oh, and if you see the podcast on Twitter, an episode, retweet it so people yeah. see it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm going to play us out by recounting all of my laughs this season. <laughs> First laugh, episode four. Uh, when Cleveland Jr. comes home and he's like, and they didn't, you know, they didn't tape me to a mannequin and force me on the roof. And Cleveland's like, he's covering. That did happen. Uh, episode eight, Jr. waving next to Murray in the stairwell when the orderly comes to find him. Third laugh, also episode eight, uh, when Cleveland is boxing his dad and his dad says, too slow, Cash is gay. That got me. Uh, Fourth laugh, episode 10, Junior looking in the camera and saying, I'm not stupid. Yeah, no, we need, yeah. we, I've, I've been thinking, like, Ty, when you brought up just, I'm tired, I've been like, yeah, yeah I, I could use a week off. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, no, we'll talk about that we, once. I that. mean, we haven't had a week off in, what, the four months we've been doing this? Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll discuss that after the, uh. We'll take a, vac- yeah, let's take, let's take a vacation. Let's put up, er, <laughs> and by take a vacation, I mean watch something good. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we should yeah. do an Always Sunny episode after this or something. That'd be sure, cool. that sounds great. We'll yeah. do Always Sunny season one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we'll just do that. It's like seven or eight episodes. It'll be fun to talk yeah. about. And it'll just, you know, it'll be like a little mini vacation for us. We won't do Family Guy until the week after. It'll be our thank, Africa. Thank you. Yeah. Huh. Get it? Yeah. All right. It? So, so Get it from the from yeah. the show that we watched. <laughs> okay. So what we... episode, so so what order are we doing this in? Um, Chronological. Um, 